Hello, my friends, and welcome back. It's another time for another message from God's Word, and we're talking about the heart of Jesus still. This is our third installment. Today, we're going to talk about something that is so much the heart of Jesus and the heart of God. It is the heart of generosity. I pray you are all well. I pray you are uh, maintaining uh, uh, safety and good decision-making during this time. And let's get into our message. When we talk about generosity regarding the heart of Jesus, we're really talking about what God is all about. When we think about what God possesses and what he does with his possessions, we, I think, immediately are reminded of his great generosity. The gift of Jesus was more than just an offering to bring us some benefit in this life. Jesus became a human being. This was the most generous offering of love, I believe, that one could ever give to another. The three wise men, when Jesus was born, showed generosity. When they bestowed upon the baby Jesus their expensive and valuable gifts. Now, did you know that some scholars actually think there were four wise men? See, the fourth one is not mentioned because he was turned away along with his gift, which is a fruitcake. There you go, a little generosity humor today. Now, when we think of generosity, we usually think of giving something to someone in need. And that's not a bad way to view it. It's a good way to view it. With God, however, generosity involves more than just giving a few dollars to someone. It involves the use of our financial and temporal resources. And that's what we possess and the time that we have each day. So let's review God's view of generosity so it's clearly seen in the heart of Jesus. So my first point today is what is generosity? And here's how it's defined. The quality of being generous, liberality in principle, a disposition to give liberally or to bestow favors, a quality of the heart or mind opposed to meanness or parsimony. Now here we see that being generous involves both our hearts and our minds, and it encompasses a principle that we live by each day in this life. Now, parsimony, this word used in the definition, it's exercising extreme caution regarding the use of our money. So in other words, it's being a little covetous of one's money, even for what are thought to be good reasons. There is no good reason to be covetous, but that's what this word means. So it's like the pastor who announced to his congregation that he had good news and bad news. The good news was there's enough money to pay off the church's mortgage. And there's this loud sigh of relief, of course, from the congregation. Then he announced the bad news. The money was still in their pockets. You see, generosity is the free giving of what God gives us to benefit others. It's also another activity in this life that's connected to God by a covenant, as we'll see. So much of our relationship with God is covenantal. So let's take, as our second point today, let's take examples of generosity in Scripture. Let's see. Now, Scripture has examples of generosity that are being shown in one's time, one's talents, and one's treasures, since generosity is a principle by which people live. Just like forgiving and loving others, it makes sense that God would incorporate it into every aspect of our relations with each other, with other people. So let's first take a look at generosity of treasures. These are the things that we possess. The most requested and commanded use of our generosity in Scripture is regarding our resources. 
In Old Testament times, God expected his children to share everything they had so that the poor could be comforted. Now, the major way that this is accomplished by the church is listed in Malachi. This is the last book in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. God said, I ask you, is it right for a person to cheat God? Of course not. Yet, you are cheating me. How, you ask? In the matter of tithes and offerings. A curse is on all of you because the whole nation is cheating me. Bring the full amount of your tithes to the temple so that there will be plenty of food there. Put me to the test and you will see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out on you in abundance all kinds of good things. Now, today this is not a message about tithing, but about using our resources that God has given us liberally to meet the needs of others. One way to do this is through obediently giving back to God what he's given us each year for the care and the blessings of those around us. Now, people sometimes say, and I've, I've actually had the situation before where one refused to give to the church because that person didn't like me. And my continued thought was, you're just hurting the church, not hurting me. See, this is done, this giving back that God gives to us, whether or not we agree on church issues. It's done with full faith that God will give us those things that we need in abundance. He will bless us. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 8, there's a simple directive to God's children that they be generous towards those in need. There was a law that relieved burdens every seven years, including servitude and loans. Now, it would have been very tempting to not continue a spirit of generosity at a time that was nearing the end of release, the end of release of summon and servitude, the ending uh, of a loan period. This was considered evil in the heart of the lender. And this speaks of God's desire that we not view money as our possession, but his gift to us to be used as he directs according to scripture. And it's not just money, it's anything that we have that we can use to be a blessing for others. Now, this is also very similar to James's statement regarding having the necessities of life and not sharing them with those who are in need. You can find this in James chapter 2. He equated the generous heart with a living faith. Now, God equates the generous heart with a living faith, and part of this generosity is shown in our obedience to God's directive that we give to his church. Now, there are an awful lot of promises in Scripture, and as with many promises that God gives... Our participation in those promises leads to blessings. So Deuteronomy 15 goes on to say in verse 10, just that. Paul stated that God will make us rich enough to be generous. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, showing that it is God's working through us to bless others. Jesus summed up this covenantal blessing in Luke chapter 6 by saying that the same measure of our generosity towards others will be used by God towards us. See, God blesses those who serve him by blessing others. In all we do, we serve as his ambassadors. We really need to remember that. We serve as God's ambassadors to a lost and dying world by planting seeds of hope and life here by showing his generosity in our lives. All right, let's talk about generosity of time. Our service for God is also a measure of our generosity towards others, our service for God. We all have the same amount of time available, don't we? Each day, same amount of minutes, same amount of hours. What we do with that time says a lot about what we care about. 
Now, I used to golf when I was younger. I was never good at it, but I enjoyed it. And so I spent some free time out on the golf course. If the last of my passion, I'm going to spend at least a good amount of my free time seeking their souls while trying to provide for their needs. Now, if I do this, I use the gifts that I receive from God to bless others who not only need life's necessities in this case, but also the Savior's saving grace. Paul reminded Timothy to teach the importance of a lifestyle of good works towards others. It's not just scheduling a good work on Thursday. It's having a lifestyle of good works. Paul talked about having a lifestyle of prayer. It's not just praying at noon. It's being in a spirit of prayer all day. It's the similar thing here. And when we have a lifestyle of doing good works towards others, it shows a generosity with our time. And this pays incredible dividends in heaven. A lot of the things that we do, we seek dividends here on this earth, and I'm as guilty as anyone else. But God reminds us that we should be doing those things that provide for our eternity, not just for today. Now, this would include spending time in the ministry of the church. It's providing random acts of kindness and witnessing. There's that W word, witnessing, just letting other people know that Jesus loves them. So each category involves our choice to give God that time rather than something else. Now, I'm not saying watching TV is bad. I'm not saying searching the web is bad. But if those are the things that we spend most of our time on, then those are the things that our heart desires. So my last point for you today is what are the results of being generous? So we're called to take seriously this calling that we have from God. And when we take seriously the calling we have from God, we take God seriously. Some people view God as this celestial slot machine. You know, we play this celestial slot machine when we need a blessing. God, I need this. Give it to me. He can't be manipulated to get what we want. Our decision to be generous means that we also desire to be obedient. Now, whenever that's the case, God gives us everything needed to provide good works. We see this in Hebrews 3, and he blesses every instance of obedience and service. In Proverbs 11 and verse 25, Solomon said, Be generous and you will be prosperous. Help others and you will be helped. See, again, there's a covenant there. In Proverbs 22 and verse 9, he said, Be generous and share your food with the poor. You will be blessed for it. Again, a covenant. Being generous is very much like any other act of service that we provide for God. In that, he provides us the strength and resources and then measures out to us a similar blessing as the one we measure out to those around us. What we do for others, God will do for us. All right, let's conclude. How do you know, how do I know when we've done something right? There is joy and contentment deep in the soul of a child of God when that child of God is living in God's will. Now, these are the results of having the heart of Jesus in our ministry each day. These are the results of showing a lost and dying world a heart of godly generosity, the type of generosity that Jesus has and gave and continues to give today. Well, there you have it, our third installment of The Heart of Jesus. Today we talked about God's generosity and the importance for us to have it as well. Would you pray with me, my friends? 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that we have every day. We thank you for your hand of protection upon us, Lord, during this time especially. We thank you, Lord, for guidelines to help us stay safe. And, Lord, we just ask that if anyone here has need, they are able to reach out and have that need met by those of us around them that might be able to provide that need. And, Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your generosity towards us. The greatest example, Jesus going to the cross in our place. And so, Lord, help us give to you our lives. Help us give to you our time, our talents, and our treasures in the service of our church and in the service of those around us. And we do so, Lord, asking that you be blessed. And we do this also in your holy name. Amen. All right, my friends, I love you. You take care. God's blessings. Bye-bye.